0: Hey guys, it's MMA by Melkin. This is episode nine, not episode eight. (laughs) On today's episode, I say episode eight. It's actually episode nine. I kind of screwed up there. Today on tap will be a breakdown and recap of UFC Fight Night 176, aka Jacksonville Part 2. I hope you guys enjoy these events. We had a, pretty much a weekend and week of it, which was fantastic. This last fight card was excellent. Great action. Still got these, you know, suspicious judging and scoring going on. But, hey, we're getting fights. I'm just going to touch on UFC 250. Uh, so far, we know that Nunez is trying to fight. Felicia Spencer, still doubtful, honestly, but we'll see what happens. Just want to touch on that and give my insights on that along with the breakdown. Hope you guys are staying positive and staying vigilant and staying strong out there. Always remember, if you woke up today, you're doing good. You're doing good. This has been rough for everyone. Always remember, if you have to reach out, you know, just tag me, bug me in the DMs, you know, just keep bugging me and I'll be there. And if you need that kind of a virtual ear or shoulder to lean on, I'm here for you. What I want to do is share a, you know, Mom Ali is someone who has been a favorite of mine for the longest time. When anyone says who is the goat, he's the first name that comes to my mind. Don't count the days, make the days count. That is not just a quote, but those are rules to live by. And I hope that's what everyone out there is doing. Every day is important. Every hour, every second is important. Embrace your family Embrace your friends, just embrace life. Now is the time. Before we get into today's episode, let's hear from today's sponsor. All right, so doing a recap of UFC 2, UFC Fight Night 176. So, of course, first up would is uh, Rodrigo Nascimento, as I posted on Twitter. No surprise there. Uh, you know, like I said, Dantel, Mays, I mean, is now 6-4 and four. Yeah, for a reason, man. You know, I don't – because I know a lot of people thought he was going to get the knockout win. But, um, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, because it, it really is – important again you know it's for him it's not about the names people look at names they're focused on names and my issue with that is that usually they don't understand the name until they're in the UFC and they don't understand the name until they had like five fights in and half the time they missed like two of them you know some of these fighters he's a perfect example of someone who really need to try and watch whatever they did prior to and keep your eyes out on especially if you got you're from a city with not only uh that kind of gave birth to more than one fighter but more than one good fighter And i see people someone did a post the other day like a uh, fighter um best describes your city or something like that and um you know i see people with more than one fighter listed and it's like look y'all got to get out there and really look at the gyms that are out there a lot of times it's just like an case of my favorite fighter, she traveled out to Jackson Wink. You know, of course that's Michelle Waterson. You know, she tra- traveled out to Jackson Wink to get a training and then everything kinda started from there. But uh yeah, you really gotta watch these fighters. And someone like a Dante Mays, you know, it probably could have a lot of people probably could have actually went to one of his fights. <laughs> you know, I mean looking at where he was fighting at. But yeah, he um no he he has a long way to go and um you know i don't just don't know you know how far he can actually go uh in this business uh, even at heavyweight because a lot of people look at heavyweight and they're just like yeah you know anyone can make it up there but it's like no not with the serial games of the world there you know like people act like it's only like five heavyweights like, no, Greg Hardy will destroy this dude. Serial Gain will probably get rid of everybody in a heavyweight division and probably end up fighting for a title uh, in the near future. So next up, we have women's flyweight. So, you know, uh, Borella, I was surprised at the outcome. Wasn't really surprised that Courtney got the win because she was the favorite in that matchup. I was, my main thing was, could she, you know, strike you know, would uh, Brella kind of maintain a kickbox? A lot of people were like, no, nah, it's probably not a good idea for her to maintain range against Casey. I understand that, but I just thought that she would be faster and could so- at least soften Casey up. So, um, you know, my, my issue is like, someone, like, okay, we'll get. Casey work on her clinch work. If she wasn't good at clenching at straw weight, why in hell would she be good at clenching at flyweight? She got manhandled by Borella. That's how the whole thing got started with the ground thing. She got tossed to the ground. And technically, Borella is smaller, just by an inch or so, but still. Um, now, you don't clinch clinch with who? You know, a lot of people uh, trash Roxy ferry, but I'm going to tell you, Anything clinching or grappling, especially according Courtney Casey, she would get she would get brutalized by the Happy Warrior and, and and Shevchenko, any Shevchenko, whether it's Antonia or especially Bullet. No, 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 no. She needs to stop doing it altogether. Um yeah, the women are bigger and stronger, as I mentioned, my fairy, Lauren Murphy, Antonia. Um they're just too much too much experience for Casey to all of a sudden, you know, what in a couple months learn to clinch. That's not it doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, they'll they'll brutalize Casey. Um but congratulations to her. She won uh run, round one, uh three minutes and thirty six seconds. Uh to me she's not an under underrated and her ground game is just not rated at all because gee, look at her, you know, she's nine and seven for a reason. <laughs> She's the ground game. No, no, she does not. Her ground game, her game period is rated right where it's supposed to be. And people should doubt her. I mean, and honestly, the only reason why she got this sub, this arm bar, was because Borella made a mistake. And that's what I mean about the mental lapses, not thinking and reacting. Like a lot of people are like, no, 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 it's a fight game. Like, no, you're in an octagon. You're professional. It's not a street fight. I certainly expect that in a street fight because the whole thing usually gets started because you're angry. Adrenaline kicks in. And first and foremost, when you're angry, the whole problem with anger is that you don't think. That shouldn't take place in the fight game. And to me, it's not someone reacting and panicking or freaking out or just being overly aggressive. It's someone who thinks. And I think that's why... Thug Rose really started doing the whole zen kind of thing. You know, uh, Michelle Watson called her a hippie. I think she really started doing that to maintain calm, to maintain focus so that she can pay attention and to what she's doing. And that was the whole issue with the whole Andrage fight where it's like maybe she lost focus. And I think she herself mentioned, said something to that effect and got caught off guard. Same here, you know, the mental lapses will, are costly and there's no reason for them to be as costly as they are, you know, but, um, yeah, that, that was really wasn't um, Casey's ground game. It was Barella making a mistake going back in. I mean, she gets out of the first on board, then immediately tried ground and pound and ended up in the same position. <laughs> Who does that? Um, no k c has to work avoid the clinch Borella has to work on range and submission techniques from the top position uh not sure with uh what the future will hold for Borella on five out of seven significant strikes thrown k c six of twelve thrown so yeah, Barella's looking at a twelve and eight right now, and um you know possibly I don't know about the whole cut thing, What what's going on with UFC and them cutting fighters, if they'll cut her. I don't know, you know, because a lot of these fighters didn't even want to, you know, requested that their contracts will, you know, they want their contracts to end. in the case of both Verdum and uh, my all-time, one of my all-time favorites, that's Barbosa. And next thing I know, they're, here they are fighting on this card. Now Barbosa wants even more fights. Uh, so, who knows what, what in the world's going on. So, speaking of significant strikes thrown. Darren Elkins versus Nate Landworth. Oh, my goodness. You know, the fight went to decision. But, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Darren looked a little upset. Looked like he thought he won. Here, okay, but here's the thing. So, you know significant strikes and then damage damage to the opponent we saw that you know I always poured out uh magnum versus Joanna because right now that was the best fight of the year but that was a fight where a lot of people thought that Joanna could have won that it was close but the significant damage done and we saw that here where darren suffered a lot of damage in that fight however check this out now again this is google so you know Gotta take everything with a grain of salt. No offense, but a lot of times they get their stats from ESPN, which, you know, it's the same ESPN that had Max Holloway listed at five foot seven. Okay, <laughs> but here yeah, this is what they got so far. All right, so a hundred and forty-two. Now, what we do know for sure, what we do know for sure, on at the you know as the event was t- as the fight was taking place. Uh. I f- you know, it was said that 400 strikes, okay, right here, what we have right right now, what I have. So we know these numbers aren't completely off. It was crazy like this. So it's 142 for Darren Elkins, 142 total strikes, 142 out of 276. That's insane. And for Nate, it was 121 out of 237. Now that's just strikes. What was thrown? Significant strikes 1 121 out of 253 for Darren and 118 out of 235, 234 thrown by Nate. So right there. Yeah. Maybe Darren did win. If this is accurate, maybe it was Darren who won. Plus he scored the takedown. Um so Usually it seems again, takedowns are supposed to count for a lot of points, but a lot of times what when the takedowns shouldn't count when let's say the the aggressor, the person who initiates the takedown, they're on top mount, okay? But say they're stuck in a person's guard and do nothing and the person from the guard is like punching them on the side. We saw uh right speaking of Roxy Modafferi, she did that with Macy Barber when she had it on the ground even though the takedown and she was brutalized and talk about significant strikes thrown i mean she won pretty much just what she did to initiate the takedown alone and then one time she just plain dropped macy right but as she was on the ground she did tap macy even though she had macy and she was you know it wasn't anything that macy could do uh Roxy was in full control the entire time. She was punching on the side, just tapping on the side. Uh Roy Nelson talked about that. There's every time there's a connection to the body, they're supposed to count it. So that's where you get your strike numbers from. That's what's supposed to come from. Then it's the strikes that do damage, the significant strikes where the person, the fighter was rocked, got backed up, got hit, damage was done, etc. OK, but, you know, so right now, even with all that said, even though Darren suffered more damage, you know, it's still he. Uh, he did, according to these numbers, landed more strikes and more significant strikes than Nate did. So, you yeah, know, you know, we might uh, might, you know, might be part of a recurring problem. Giga. Wow, Giga versus Irwin v- Rivera. So unfortunately, R- Rivera goes down to nine and five. But man, what a debut! What a debut! Bantamweight doing his thing up against a featherweight. People, listen or oh, try, tried to hold his own. I mean, Giga just has too much experience. Um, but look. Erwin, he, he made it so he's like, look, you're not knocking me out. <laughs> you're not knocking me up. I'm not going to look like no Darren Eakins up in here. So yeah, great fight. Went to a decision there. Uh, and of course Giga he uh, advances to 10-2 and two overall. And yeah, that was another one. A um, lot of rate, high strike ratio. But it was clearly Giga 61 out of 135 total strikes, 61 out of 135 significant strikes. So basically, each time he connected out of the 135, it was a significant strike. Erwin, on the other hand, 35 out of 95, 34 out of 95 for significant strikes, plus Giga scored the takedown. Yeah, still, you know, that, that fight was pretty much all Giga. But yeah, hats off to Erwin for doing his thing. We have Anthony Hernandez. I did not see this coming at all. Kevin Holland. I almost missed this. I almost missed this. I was out trying to, you know, watch it on the phone. Turn around, look back, and bam. 39 seconds in. Crazy. Crazy. Out. So, yeah, that was a middleweight battle. These fights are still important because um, there's a good chance they just renew contracts or told the person to come in like a case like the barbosa situation and look who they got here, barella you know it's like one of those look whoever shows up kind of deals as i said from the very beginning but still keep track of these fighters giga at featherweight 10 and 2 very important person to keep our eyes on riviera might enter the fray at bantamweight that's very important uh Casey uh, Courtney Casey still scored a, you know, she moved to flyweight. She's scored a, a, a win there. So she'll be in the conversations. And I mean, nine seven isn't great, but at flyweight, you know, I hate to be harsh, but, you know, at flyweight, I mean, <laughs> she'll, she'll probably be ranked soon, right? Uh, and, and it is the question of whether that not they'll keep Brella, which I doubt, but we'll see. But yeah, definitely got to keep our eyes out, especially middleweight. Because right now, Adesanya needs – I mean, he didn't—he went through half the rankings on his way to the top, and I kind of thought that that was great for him, but at the same time kind of sucks because he ends up a champion with only one person to fight, which right now, he truly only has one person to fight right now. So hopefully Kevin Holland will continue uh, his way and we can sort out that division. Welterweight uh, Miguel did his thing. I mean, he's still green. So um he'll need some time in there. But yeah, you know a lot of people couldn't believe that Matt would get knocked out out there. I, I s come on now. Man, it's like I said, I hate to trash old timers, but you get old man. Yo, know, when we in the same age range, that's a problem. Or get near the same age range, that's a problem, man. I'm sorry. It's no fountain of youth, man. So a controversial fight. At featherweight between Song Yodong and Marlon Vera, 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 who uh, now is fifteen and six and one, Yodong is sixteen four and one with the one no contest. Yeah, so let's take a look at that, okay? Song, hundred and nineteen out of two twenty one, two hundred twenty one total strikes. We have Marlin 115 out of 187. Hmm. 101 out of 201 for song. And then we have 92 out of 164. So right there, strikes, if this is accurate. Right now, Strikes song song did his thing. He did enough. Uh takedowns one takedown for song. And of course, two out of three attempts for Marlin. And see, I thought really the takedown still the deal for Marlon. I really thought it sealed the deal for Marlon. Uh, but again, when you look at the amount of strikes thrown, you got to incorporate that into the also plus, you know, well, zero of one, uh, takedowns for a song, but yeah. Um, so did we see what happened? You know, that did we see what happened? You know, so, um, Eric, Anders versus Kristoff Jotko, thirteen and five. Jocko improves to twenty-two and four. Yeah, um, I like, I like, I like where I like the plan. I like Eric's. I like the plan for them. But that yeah, you could take them down at any time. I mean, <laughs> these corners, man. Listen, I know you trying to. I know these corners are trying to encourage their fighters. But don't lie to them. <laughs> Either they're lying to them or they're just leaving it, living in a dream world. You couldn't take them down at any time. Look, Eric Andrews doesn't have to get to said that from before in the previous podcast. Like, look, he doesn't have the gas tank at all. You know, I think, though, he's a huge middleweight. At middleweight, the grappling is a good idea. You know, light heavyweight, no. Because the dude's a little too big and a lot of them cutting weight from heavyweight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but good idea. Good idea. He needs to work on his technique. He needs to get his technique together. And I think he, he should be able to power into scoop them up. He should be able to scoop guys up at 185. He should. In the first round. Now, second, third going forward he has to work on sweeps you know like up against especially when they're up against in the clinch up against the uh, gate get the sweep do it that way and then work on holding them down and then work on submissions from the top map ground and pound etc but above all else eric please jog man (laughs) jog swim get ride a bike get your cardio up bro Get that cardio together, man, and and change his diet, for God's sakes. Featherweight, Dan Ige. God, I apologize. I apologize. That was just wrong. Just wrong. wrong. I apologize. It's Dan Ige, for God's sakes, man. I'm sorry, y'all. Dan Ige. Okay, he improves to 14 and 2. I thought that takedown, that takedown was enough, man. That last take, that takedown was enough to me to sell the deal. He didn't really do enough. Because my problem with Edson is similar to the problem I have with Angela Hill. The striking is fantastic to look at, the leg kicks, you know. I mean, to me, Angel needs to do more leg kicks. Edson, of course, he needs to stop trying to set up the leg kick. Just go ahead and let him fly. You know, I know he wants to get all of his energy into it because that's what he's known for. That's his trademark. That's one of his weapons. Yeah, cool, but you know it's the stuff he like sets it up. You know it's like no, get this hands going, get the counter punching going, and then bam, use it more as a counter through a combination. You know, kind of like the way Holly Holm does her little three hit thing. You know, it's the right, the left, and then well, left, right, and then the kick. Same thing, but as a counter, because when he has to when he back he tends to panic and he kinda tries to get out of there real fast and cause that's what he's trying to do with the takedown situation. It's like he almost was cool. Then he kinda leaned to the side, going toward his right, if I remember correctly. And then he you know, it wasn't even much of a sweep. He just ended up on, on the ground because he was leaning too far. When well, he just should should have just chilled, relaxed and stayed there. And and got and got his underhooks in, got the Muay Thai going again. You know, the problem with Muay Thai is they want to get the plum So they want to have the arms, the hands above the shoulders of their opponent. Where it's like, look, just you just need spacing. And just get the knees going. You don't need the whole entire thing. But, uh, yeah, and then plus, um, according to this, Dan, actually, um, more strikes thrown. 100 out of 189. uh, Barbosa, 87 out of 157. 79 significant strikes out of 164. 80 out of 144, so, eh, you know, just a one-strike differential there, but you had a takedown. Listen to me, did it. That that last takedown did it, and he scored the win. I didn't see any controversy there at all. Um, Now, speaking of controversial, Angela Hill versus Claudia Gedalia. Ah, boy. I mean, look. Well, let's, let's take a look at that. Let's take a look before I get into my critique. So, um, now Angela scored the knockdown. She scored the knockdown. Significant strikes, 92 out of 218 for Claudia. And Angie was 93 out of 179. So, you know, basically, Claudia was hitting air for the most part, as we saw. Angie wasn't. 84 out of 2, 10 significant strikes thrown, 90 out of 176. So the 51.1, whereas Claudia was 40%. You know, she, but of course the 1 out of 4 take, (laughs) she is, ah, boy, 25% in terms of takedowns. Again, the takedown was enough, though. You know, and I knew it would be in the first round. You know, the whole world knew it would be in the first round. Don't panic. Keep going. To me, in the third round, Angie was still, she would deliver, but still get tagged. Deliver, still get tagged. That doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. She has to finesse. She needs finesse. That's what's missing. She has, I swear, a lot of these um, fighters, especially these female fighters in particular, they have to train with, Good boxers, not just a boxer, but good boxers who have excellent footwork. Because not all of them have ex- excellent fo- footwork. Find someone who has excellent excellent footwork, body movement. Again, uh, Mayweather is a good example of someone who can move, who moves his body around. It's not just about his footwork; moves his body around. Make sure that his head is not touched at all. She needs that training, Claudia. I don't know what the hell to, what she's going to do. I mean, she, her striking has improved. I'll say that, but, you know, 40% significant strikes is ridiculous. Like, what? (sighs) And then then, then it's striking, grappling, striking, grappling. Make make up your mind, man. Make up your mind. You know, it's, it's, because he's a second-degree black belt, second-degree world champion, black belt in jiu-jitsu. The goal has to be the striking to set up the groundwork. And she gets, and of course, the planet knows not to, if she falls on her back, like when Angelina scored the takedown, it was, you know, the knockdown, she was on top for a second, then her, you know, her coach was like, get up. (laughs) And they're right, you know, don't, she shouldn't stay down there. Now someone else that's different, Magnum or someone like that, that's a little bit different because they can pound her, pound on Claudia and not worry about we saw what Andreas did, and pound and not worry about uh a sub. But yeah, um Yeah, but to, yeah, and just she has to get her, because it's, it's not helping that when she she lays the punches in, does the damage. We know she can do that already what's the problem she's taking too many hits again fall in love with bang you know that was my concern razor sharp in the beginning only go to old school overkill when she's won the fight and and claudia is completely exhausted what she wasn't she was a you know she she you know her tank claudia's tank isn't good she was running low but she still had enough in her to deliver plus she's has someone who's working on her striking. And the left was always that She always had that left hook. She always had that left hook. Um, so, you know, it's just Angie has to, she can't go in there and just fall in love with banging because she has an iron chin. You know, um, I get tired of fighters. Iron is, like, you know, people are in awe of fighters who have tough chins. It's tiresome to me, <laughs> actually, it, it because they, they fall in love with it. And then they act like they can just continue taking damage and not—it's like you're not winning, man. You're getting hit, and the significant and and the significant hits being thrown because they're allowing themselves to get hit. That's what happened to Tony Ferguson. That's the irony is that's what happened to Justin Gaethje when he fought Eddie, both Eddie and Diamonds. He was taking too many hits. So he even got dropped by Tony in that fight. Got an uppercut from health from tony and that fight and people think this guy's gonna go in and just all of a sudden do the same thing and beat habib stop that the same guy who didn't get take a lot of damage from conor mcgregor stop. stopped you know so yeah yeah it bothers me that's what bothered me about roxy going up against macy Barber. it was just like roxy so should win if she doesn't fall in love with banging which she didn't she had a plan going and think god but, yeah, that, that's... Um, and uh, speaking of someone going and taking too much damage, Alistair Overeem, same thing, first round. First, what are you doing? Why the hell are you getting so close to Wal Harris? All his finishes, are, all his wins are via striking. What are you doing? Way too close. Horrible plan. He's boy. The irony of the Dominic Cruz thing, I swear I believe it influenced a lot of these fights. Uh that's why we're seeing reps just like, no, he's not out of it yet. And, and I think they're seeing the significance of all these fights. You know, it's, it's funny. You, we, it's, we would assume there would be more put-together cards, but a lot of these fights are fights that were already scheduled. And they have significance, whether they're a last-minute fight like Angela Hill stepping in to face Claudia or some a fight that was already scheduled like Alistair versus Will Harris. They're all significant for the most part. They're all they all have meaning, especially on this event. All these fights pretty much are important. You know, Dan Ige at featherweight is very important. What Eric Anders is going to do at middleweight because he could move up the chain, but now Jocko is going to move up. Twenty two and four is a good record to have at middleweight or period. And especially at middleweight. We'll see what happens there. So all these fights, Song Yul know, Dong is someone who's every who everyone has their eyes on, and he just, even though he you know kind of stole one there, you know a lot of eyes are going to be on him now because he stole it. It's like, yeah you know, and Claude the same thing. See what she does as far as the rankings go, um, for her. But yeah, Alistair. Um, again, you know, the funny thing about the Alistair Overeem fight is, uh, when it, when uh, Anaya, you know, uh, Blanchard when the incident occurred, um, you know, the fight was of course canceled. And uh they talked to Alistair and I was like, well, I guess what would he say to Walt? And his response was, I would just give him a hug. You know, what can you say? Man, he got his hug. <laughs> he got his hug before during after i mean he got his hug so i'm i'm happy for that man what a just a quality individual um that's the way it should be just quality from before during and even during in even the tweets afterwards uh the responses and communications between the two men uh walt of course congratulating alistair and uh yeah yeah and alistair had to go through a lot to you know keep this fight going um hats off to both men there's no losers here there are no losers here you know Walt Harris went in there against a very uh, he almost won he almost won (laughs) you know if it wasn't for Dan Murliotta you know I mean Dan let the fight go on and thankfully so so and that's another thing about people it's like on the one hand the late stoppages I understand the argument for it but look when you talk about uh, comebacks, I mean, check Congo versus Pat Berry, that fight could have got stopped. And look what happened. Uh, same here. So, like, when you think about the Anthony Smith situation, you know, it's like, you know, he needs to understand if he's taking his teeth out and handing it to the referee, maybe it's time to stop. But at the same time, it's like, look, gave him a chance, man. You can't say that ref didn't give him a chance. So that's my thing. Now, the time is different one. It's like, come on, dude, the man is done. They, the ref was wrong in that one. That's wrong. Corner's wrong. Everyone's wrong in that situation. He was done. But, you know, still. Um, but, yeah, this this was I'm glad to let the fight continue. Um, TKO uh, recorded at three, around two, three minutes. Um, but, yeah, you know, and then it's a striking disparity. You know, Alistair really got in there that second round and did his thing, 97 out of 115, man. 84... 0.3% for total strikes. The man is a you know demolition man. Uh, Walt 25 out of 48, uh, 68 out of 85 um from Alistair. Of course, 80% crazy, crazy, crazy. 25 out of 45 for Walt. So he wasn't completely out of it, you know. But yeah, after that takedown, it was pretty much over from there. Alistair celebrating his birthday. Uh, right during the fight, basically he turned, uh, you know, he turned 40 during the fight, Whew. 25 years. Uh, I, I, it's, he's been fighting what, as long as I've been watching 93. So I, I'm not doing the math right now. because <laughs> I can't even remember what I was, watching Cause I know I was watching stuff before UFC, um, Yeah, he's the man has been fighting for pretty much as long as I've been watching MMA, which is insane, man. Oh, man. He says he has four fights left on his contract, and that's it. I'm thankful to him realizing that. You know, so many fighters just running on fumes, man. It's like, you're done. You're done. You got to see it coming. You know, don't keep going in there getting pummeled. And ended up with damage that will be long term afterwards. But yeah, 46-18 for Alistair. Won no contest. Uh, we'll see if he how far he moves further up the ranking. Because someone suggested uh, Derek Lewis fighting Alistair because they haven't faced each other. That will certainly help Alistair move way up the chain. But Derek was around five or six. In the rankings, it wouldn't be a smart move for him right now, anyway, to face Alistair. Plus, this is Alistair's win after coming off of a loss, and he's a grappler. And that, he almost beat Jarzino, a dangerous kickboxer, through his grappling, something that. And he basically, essentially, did the same thing to Walt Harris. He just, instead of going for the sub, you know, when Walt sprawled, just went on and did the ground and pound. He had full mount on, on waltz back on top of that. Nobody's going to, no one who's just a striker should rush to face Alistair <laughs> at this point. You know, unless you're Francis Nagano, the man who is <laughs> impervious to grapplers. This is insanity. But yeah, that that was um great event. Great event. Uh yeah, so UFC two fifty. So I guess there um Dana was talking about a May 30th card. I that's like a little too soon. It's like, dude, chill. Chill, calm down. So now it's a question of location. So I guess he was trying to fit all those fights in because of the location he was going to be in at the same at the moment, which was Jacksonville. Now it's talks that the events will be doing Trying to look at Arizona, if not the Apex Center. We'll see, because they'll probably be able to hit is June sixth. I mean, look, they rushing back the opening reopening of the country. You know, it's like, look, just wait for a vaccine. But I understand, not the idiots that are talking about. I need a haircut. <laughs> Cut your own hair, man. Because that what I find insulting about that is. It's one thing to say, look, man, I think my business, even though it's technically non-essential, can help people who are essential workers. That's a great argument to reopen your business or even an entire area. Because, you know, some cities like where I'm at, it's designated areas for, you know, it it used to be designated areas for commercial and residential. Now it's kind of meshed together. And it helped because we see what happens when you kind of blend the two together. Now people who live in a residential area can go to a essential business. That's right there. So it was a good idea. I always thought that was a good idea and I hope more cities do that while this is going on instead of just reopening where you're at. Cause a lot of these situations and businesses or locations or whatever aren't beneficial to the citizens. Things do need to change. You know what I mean? Um, relocate businesses work on that if you get enough money to go out and, and play at a beach you got enough money to move your relocate your business or relocate period but anyway i know that's tough to ask but my thing is those for people who can you know wander around in the street but something does have to yes i mean come on june is june Okay, this pandemic has been going on since November. So something needs to kick in gear, period. None of us can maintain this. Quarantine, yeah, it's stay home for safety reasons. True, I'm not in favor of everybody running out there and protesting like they're out of their mind, carrying weapons. To That's just the dumbest thing ever. However, we can't keep going like this forever. So something does have to give. But, yeah, UFC 250. Um, Yeah. 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 So a lot of people are like, yeah, you going to watch anyway. Nobody asked y'all. Nobody. If you're able to watch this for free, good for you. Fantastic. That's not the rest of us. And more importantly, the same person who's saying that they're watching it for free is the same one that's arguing that, hey, fighter pay needs to be more fighter pay needs to be more you're not paying for it (laughs) you're not paying for Watch those guys my little say no you don't us buying the pay-per-view subscribing every month to espn and ufc fight pass is how these people get paid all right The even the endorsements UFC gets money from the endorsements, like from Modelo and Progressive, but that's so that that's for advertising for those companies so that we buy their products. It's all about us. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Hey, you deserve to get more money. All right, then you need to go pay for this pay per view. Then you want them to make more money. Get out of here with that. And poor Felicia Spencer. I wonder if she gets speaking of who needs to make more money. Felicia Spencer, poor thing, got seventeen grand to get beat up by Chris Cyborg. Oh uh, man, how much she getting paid to get beat up by Amanda Nunes? Oh my goodness. But yeah, supposedly right now, um it would be uh now I saw now what I had was Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer, and it was Cody. Brandt as the standing coal main. Now I see Charles Bird, Micah Patullo as the coal main at middleweight. Um, now here's the thing: whether it's what, should you pay for this? Yeah. You know, first of all, I, I'm not a, I'm not in favor. Look, if USC has that much money. If they got a lot mu- that much change, then we did sh- hey, look. We shouldn't have to pay for these events. It's the highest what forty million people or something crazy number like this. The highest unemployment ever. Okay, this side of the depression. There's no reason why we should be paying for any of these events. Period. Uh, you know, if he wants to keep fights going during a pandemic, while people are at home, while people are broke, because the thing about it is you can reopen the country as much as you want. Some of these businesses are not coming back. I live blocks away from a business that, as far as I know, is shut down forever. And don't know why, because it was deemed essential. I have no clue what happened. I I really, I kind of wonder if a lot of businesses, because a lot of businesses in the area that are owned by people of uh, Asian descent, and I'm wondering if they're, you know, just uh, scared, you know, frightened to open their business because they don't want to be attacked, because a lot of Asian people were being attacked, so I think maybe that's part of it. But I do know one business that was deemed essential isn't open up anytime soon because the employees got sick. And I don't even know. And I'm very concerned because one of the the main employee who was there, who was interacting with the customers the most, was an older woman. Didn't, not sick at all. Didn't look like she had any kind of pre-existing existing condition, uh, conditions at all. But she was, I mean, not old. and I don't mean maybe 50. You know, not not old, old. 50 um and then the woman who's working with her was middle-aged and uh yeah and other than that it was two young gentlemen who worked in the evening and then it was the two managers they were middle-aged uh, it was one main employee who worked in the daytime and then the manager who was middle-aged so uh again age means nothing with this virus i knew it didn't mean anything from the very beginning uh, Who you know it's a virus but uh yeah because the thing is if she's sick and, and unfortunately f- you know don't know if she lived through the disease because it was closed down because the employees suffered from COVID-19. And I wonder if it was her. And she was like a staple there. She was always there in the daytime for the most part. And she was working during the pandemic. And when they changed the hours around, I think she was there the whole, you know, like they shortened the hours. It used to be open till 10 in the evening. They shortened the hours to like 5 p.m., So I think maybe, which means she was the only person there for the most part. Every time I went past her, I saw her. And, um, yeah, so we're talking about businesses that probably won't even reopen at all. So my thing is, it's like, look, we shouldn't have to pay for this stuff at all. You know, um, but, you know, that's how they make money. Uh, But, yeah, should you? I, I tell you what, if it can you know, again, I can't say that because I might get. (laughs) blocked and and banned and all that kind of jazz you know but uh like i said i gave people forewarning forewarning that they're going to be scraping cars together man you want people to fight during the pandemic Look, this is what you're going to get now for ufc fight night uh sec secatoon What? Uh, now, in Canada, oh, the sactel Center. I need Jim Massoon on this. Uh, shout out to Jim Massoon. Follow him at Jim soon one uh, Yeah, something looks like they're trying to get to Canada for, uh, well, yeah, it seems like they're trying to get to Canada for, I guess, UFC fight night. Technically, I assume it will be 177. Looks like they're trying to put that together. That's interesting. Yeah, not sure how that's going to work. They have Mark andre Baralt. Oh, Oscar Pachota, Ooh, Gillian Robertson. Oh, baby. Got a Gill- Gillian Robertson sighting. Uh, Talia Santos, who is and 15-1. And Curtis Blades, people. Alexander Volkov. Oh, shucks. Oh, and heavyweight. Oh, we might have some. That. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Give me, you know, it's one. If I got paid pay for Give me, give us our money's worth. Give us our money's worth. But, yeah, it's funny. Like, all the Amanda Nunes fans. Yeah, Amanda's the GOAT. She's the GOAT. Okay, here you go. UFC 250. She headline. 64.99. No, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, wait, like, I thought she was your girl. Like, what's, what's up? <laughs> not gonna, not gonna pay to see your girl. Ah, yeah, okay. She the goat, but just not worth 64.99. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's why I'm. I'm I tell you, that's, Look, I am done with the glaring declarations, man. Because it's just not working. It's just not working in two, uh, two thousand twenty. It's not. But yeah, that's the conclusion of today's episode. As far as the fight goes, again, I, I just I see Amanda Nunes because we know that probably be a certain. That's going to be a certainty. She has to defend her title. Felicia is ready ready and willing not sure if they'll still do it on june uh six but you know we know for sure these other fights you know who knows uh because one looks like it's what well, it hasn't been listed so that's another change that just happened so uh, but we do know those two will definitely battle each other I, I just felicia is tough look i hope felicia i'm going to that would probably be one fight where I'm definitely going to get some change together and put something more on Felicia. But just in case, because if anyone has a chance to kind of sneak a win off of Nunez, it's Felicia. Uh, I could see, you know, Nunez getting caught and like trying to bang like she did against Cyborg. They come out and they just throwing bombs and everything. And I think Felicia has, you know, that weight behind her. You know, I think she can daze uh, Nunez. But generally speaking, I, I don't see why Nunez will to knock Felicia Klein out. <laughs> so my pick would be I'm going to put some chains. I will probably scrape some chains together and put on Felicia just in case. But, yeah, I see Amanda winning that by a KO probably in the first round because they would probably come out and bang. Because um, Felicia isn't overly cautious. You know, it's it's she sees the hole. She sees the opening and she'll go for it. You know, um, and we saw what like what cyborg. Cyborg has great takedown defen- takedown defense, and she has jujitsu of her own. But yeah, it's really a takedown defense. And then it's getting hit with bombs. And at Muay thai, Muay thai when utilized properly, with good properly, with good timing, can is a good way to neutralize a grappler when there are don't like when the there's not much of an open, but they try and go anyway, and he can catch them real quick. You know, or grab them as Cyborg does and get those knees working. And any close, you know, anything close up, clinch or whatever, Muay Thai is a great uh, remedy for that situation. Uh, so, yeah, and Amanda doesn't have that. She doesn't use that. She just throws bombs for the most part and then it's grab on time. So, I think that's another reason why Felicia could get it. Because with Cyborg, she was dealing with boxing, she's dealing with Muay Thai. She's dealing with someone who's very aggressive, who doesn't, who has a gas tank for days, who also has takedown defense, and it's different. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, but Nunez beat Cyborg." She, yeah, she did, but that was mostly because Cyborg was making, like, went in with a bad plan and made m- constant mistakes. She didn't back up once she finally connected with Nunes, She didn't back up. She didn't back up and start boxing, which is what she should have did when the fight started. You know, stop worrying about knocking her out, like back up, chill, relax. The knockout can come later on, you know. um, So that was someone who ran in with a bad plan or it was a plan and was poorly executed. But she certainly didn't listen to a good friend, Clarissa Shields. No boxing, no jab, no nothing, no footwork. And she's Muay Thai. What the hell? No clinch, no plum, no nothing. No knees, no elbows. Like just see what I'm saying. Like it wasn't, you know, just this very. It wasn't just a man's greatness. It's cyborg coming in, um, just wrong, just real wrong. And I've seen cyborg, you know, make mistakes in in the past, but she always found a way to recover from it. But like with any fighter. Sooner or later, you're not going to keep, be able to recover. You have to go in there. And you have to be sharp. Even when you got the plan together, you have to be sharp and execute properly. But, yeah, with all that said, I'm going to put some change on my girl. But, um, yeah, I think Nunez by uh, KO on that one. But Felicia's tough. I hope she does her thing. I hope she upsets the world and captures that belt. This has been MMA by Milliken. Episode 8. Thank you. Take care.